0: Talk about the Packers at well, we talk about the Packers constantly, but we talk about Packer Viking games at least twice a year. And yet every time a Packer Viking comes game comes up, I'm reminded just how overwhelmingly this is the number one rivalry in this region. And I want to talk about it all again. It's like this this rivalry never gets old for me, and neither do neither does asking you questions about it. So I'm going to start with two questions about Vikings Packers this week as the Vikings head to Lambeau Field. Number one is, uh, how do you, in your gut, as someone who ran the Vikings and worked for the Vikings for a long time, and as we talked about a couple of weeks ago, you know, has listened to or seen every Vikings game in history, how do you feel about the Packers? And number two, how do you feel about this particular Packer team and where they are?
1: Yeah, it's, it's kind of interesting. I, I've always had mixed feelings about the Packers. I've always liked the people in their organization. Uh, i was I was friendly with Ron Wolf back in the day. They're They're their great GM. Mike Holmgren was a, a nice guy when I would talk with him at league meetings, and I was I was fairly close with Bob Harlan, their president. so and I always admired the the small market Packers that were able to compete in the NFL at the highest level and do in large part due to the revenue sharing that, that is the structure of the league, that if people like Wellington Mara at the Giants had not agreed to that, the Packers could never have been competitive, but they are. And so I, I've always had mixed feelings about it. of course, competitively. There is a, a great rivalry. There always was a, great, was a great rivalry, but I don't know that I ever had the hatred for them that perhaps I had for the Cowboys <laughs> and and maybe for some other teams. Even even back when I was when I was growing up, I, I don't know that I ever had that disdain for the Packers. Kind of, kind of more admiration for them, and and even back in the day when they were winning championships, you had to had to admire. Lombardi and that and that crew and the cold weather games at Lambeau. So, I think it's, it's a great rivalry. It's a fun rivalry. I, I don't take it to the level of hatred that some fans do.
0: <laughs> and you know, as in my previous iterations in this business, uh, I spent a lot of time in Green Bay, either covering games or going there early to preview game or going over to cover a Packer playoff game, even if the Vikings weren't involved. You know, I used to we my. Paper used to do that. My industry used to do a lot more of that. I spent a lot of time over there. I I loved Holmgren. I thought Holmgren was a great character, really smart guy. Uh, I liked Ryan Wolfe a lot. I liked and I liked a lot of the players. I I always had a I always had a good time covering the Packers when I had the chance. So I've never had any you know of the fans antipathy toward them. Um, now, you know, the quarterbacks have kind of embarrassed. Favre with the uh, Mississippi scandal and some of the things he pulled off and Rodgers with his goofiness. And, uh, you know, I'm not a big fan of the quarterbacks over there, but I, I always kind of like the organization. How about this iteration of the Packers, where they are right now, the fact that they are still in playoff contention after having a, a difficult season. Uh, you know, what do you think of this group right now? Are they good? Or are they dangerous? Yeah,
1: and I would add, Jim, to the conversation I always liked going to, to Green Bay to, to play the Me Packers. Too. It, it, yeah. it, it was a fun game, a fun trip to make even in cold weather. I, I was happy when they stopped playing in Milwaukee <laughs> back in the day, they used to play three or so home games a year in Milwaukee. I was happy when they played all their games at Lambeau. And, and I do have some, some bad memories certainly of going to Lambeau, especially the year, I think it was in the late eighties when, when the Packers somehow forgot to turn on the heaters on the hmm. field. <laughs> and so the field was frozen, and we had Chris Dolman and Keith Millard, who couldn't rush the passer, and I think we got beat that day, or it was a very close game, and we had a, a great team, and the Packers were, were way down at that point. But it, it was kind of amazing that that happened, and I'm on the phone with the league. I think I, I was still the assistant GM at that time. Uh, well, how could this possibly happen? Oh, the pipes froze. Yeah, right, sure. <laughs> anyway, but yeah, talking about this iteration of the Packers, Jim, I got to say, I think it's somewhat of a, of a mirage, and, and I say, yeah, they're on a three-game winning streak, but look who they've beaten in this stretch. A come from behind, twenty-eight to nineteen, win over three and twelve Chicago, twenty-four to twelve against maybe the most disappointing team in the league, the Rams, and then last week's win in Miami, where the Packers are getting gashed in the first half; they're down ten, and the the Dolphins have, have run up two hundred seventy-one yards in the first half, two hundred thirty-one. 213 yards passing. They can't cover Jalen Waddle or Tyreek Hill. And then Tua gets dinged for his whatever third concussion this year and stays in the game. They don't realize it. And he totally unravels in the second half, which you got to think is due to the concussion because he, he threw some horrible balls and let Green Bay back in the game. And his last three possessions were all interceptions without that, Without that uh, third or whatever concussion, I think Miami wins that game. The Packers are eliminated from the playoffs, but they found a way to win, and they are alive, which is not necessarily good news for the Vikings because now the Packers are going to start Aaron Rodgers instead of Jordan Love. But I would say, as far as from a fan perspective, I think it's great. I think it creates a little more sizzle to the game that people think, oh, the Packers are alive. I don't think they're going to make the playoffs, regardless of what happens this week, because I think Washington, they need to win two games. If the Packers win out against the Vikings and the Lions at Lambeau, Washington wins two, they're in, and they've got Cleveland this week. That, that's a, a train wreck. And then they've got Dallas, who will likely be locked into the number five seed at that point after Philly clinches this week. And from that standpoint, I, I think that the Packers are going to be done. The Giants only need one more win, and they've got the Colts this week. So that should happen. They'll be in. But a, as I said, the problem this week for the Vikings is the Packers believe they're alive. And even if they weren't alive, it's still a great rivalry, as you said. It's always exciting, no matter the standings. And I think it's going to be an exciting game this week that the Vikings need to hang in there until the end and win, win another one-score game.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm going to pick, you know, I, I think for like five straight weeks, I picked the Vikings to win 28-24. That's the you might pick again. They're going to win another close game. That's the way this season's going to go. Uh, let's get into more detail on that and some interesting moves around the NFL that might or might not affect the Vikings. He's Jeff Diamond, former Vikings general manager and Tennessee Titans president. This is Jeff Diamond's Vikings and NFL Insider, part of TalkNorth.com. Brian Burnett is our producer. Best way to listen, subscribe 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 to your favorite podcast app. It's free. It's easy. Also, go to TalkNorth.com. Check out all of our shows. We have uh, just great stuff. We also have the Viking Update Show, tons of hockey, Cheryl Reeve, Michael Russo, Anthony LaPanta, John Krasinski, Royce Smalley, Lavelle O'Neal. Check it all out. We do appreciate it. Our sponsors are White Bear Lake Superstore and Platinum Bank. Uh, By the way, you you did bring up a very vivid memory for me. I was covering the uh, Vikings as a beat writer. In Milwaukee, uh, must have been one of the last Vikings-Packers games in Milwaukee, and it is amazing that that or <laughs> that organization used to split its games. You know, you, you, I mean, Lam- there was a time when Lambeau Field was not the uh, the iconic structure it is now. You know, it, it kind of has had a rebirth. They were actually playing at Milwaukee County Stadium, which is a terrible football stadium. And I remember uh, Jimmy Hitchcock giving up that game losing touchdown to Brett Favre, and Chris Carter throwing a fit on the sideline. And they, they take Denny to some like thrown together podium underneath the stands as Packer fans are leaning over the railings and screaming at all of us. And I, I asked the first question, of the press conference said, J-, you know, Denny, what happened on that last play? It was pretty obvious that they busted the coverage. And he goes, oh, it's yesterday's news. <laughs> and I thought that was the greatest Denny Green encapsulation ever. It happened two minutes ago, 50 yards away. And <laughs> he didn't want to talk about it. So it was yesterday's news. If you want to crown him, crown him, right? Crown him. That's right. <laughs> crown Denny as the greatest interview in NFL history. That's what I say. Uh, so so how how do you view Rodgers at this point? He's not having a typical Aaron Rodgers season. His team is not having a typical Packer season. Uh, is this a crisis? Are they paying him too much? Is he on the way out the door? I mean, what? where is he right now? Well, he's not on the way out the door yet because I know too much money. It would would be
1: about fifty million dollars of dead money next year on their cap. So I I think another year from now, when the cap when the cap hit maybe twenty five million, they may think about making the change. But it it really can't happen next year. I'd be very surprised if they did that. So I think Jordan Love has to buy this time for one more year, unless he decides that he wants to try to force a trade out of there. We'll see what happens in that in that scenario. But I, I think that Aaron Rodgers is, is still a quality player. He's banged up though, Jim, between the thumb and he and he hurt his knee last week a little bit. His mobility may be less this week, which will help the Vikings pass rushers. Bakhtiari is a shadow of his former self. Jenkins is banged up too a little bit. They're really good guard. So I, I, I think the key to this game for the Vikings is is to first of all be able to stop the run. And, and play effectively against the run. So Dalvin Tomlinson and Kendricks and Hicks are going to be very important in that regard, and really the whole defense against Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. But, and then put pressure on Rodgers, and we, we know he's got the quickest release in the game, and he'll he'll get that ball out quick to Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs, Alan Lazard. His receiving core is better, much better than what it was in the old opener when the Vikings beat him 23-7 and we all remember Christian Watson's snafu on the first play of the game offensively for the Packers when he beat Patrick Peterson on that on that hitch and go and drops the ball and it probably took about six weeks before Rodgers trusted him again but he does now and Watson is one of the hottest receivers in the second half of the season seven touchdown catches two touchdown rushes they're gonna have to watch for his jet sweeps but just talking about Rodgers, yeah, I, I just think he's banged up. I think he's still a, a really good player and a dangerous player. If for some reason, somehow, the Packers got into the postseason as that number seven seed and the Vikings held on to number six or number two, which they're, they're really going to have to, to win out to hold off San Francisco, I believe. Uh, and in that case, then the Packers don't get in, but if the if the, somehow the Vikings met the Packers in the playoffs, wow. I, I, I would be very apprehensive about playing that team come postseason.
0: Yeah, and really more because of just Rodgers could turn it on at any moment, and and they do have receivers who now challenge the Vikings secondary. And the Vikings defense hasn't been very. It, it the Packers have not been a great offensive team, but they still have the capability. I mean, with Watson playing the way he's playing, with Lazard being healthy, uh, with the fact that they have two good backs. I know I, I know they've both been banged up at different times. And if Rodgers got healthy at the right time, that would be it. Would be scary. And listen, Viking fans are paranoid anyway. There's no, there would be nothing to cause more paranoia in this town than the specter of the, Vi- of the Packers ending a great season.
1: Exactly, and it's happened before with Green Bay. We know that. The, I think the really fascinating matchup you talk about Rodgers is that <clears throat> the Vikings with the number 32 pass defense in the league, as I said, they're going to have to get a, a, a pressure on Rodgers because the secondary is just so susceptible right now. Whether it's Dantzler or Shelley at corner, Shandon Sullivan inside at, at the slot corner he had a really tough game against the Giants. They were picking on him. They were picking on Shelley. They made Daniel Jones look great. And I think Daniel Jones is, a, is an underrated quarterback and a good player. <clears throat> but he had one of his best games of his career against, against the Vikings secondary, even as he was getting banged up and getting sacked three times, and Daniel Hunter coming on is a good thing for the Vikings, but what kind of shape is the field going to be in? Is it going to be a little slick? It's hard to rush the passer. As I said, the ball is going to come out quick from Rodgers. The Vikings secondary has got to be ready for that. And then offensively, the, the matchup would favor the Vikings' running game against the Packers' rush defense that's number 26 because their pass defense is number three. But, but the Vikings have not run the ball great, even though Dalvin Cook is a 1,000-yard rusher. So this is a week to try to get the running game going against the Packers' run defense, especially if, if the weather's colder or it's a little wet. Dalvin Cook's got to hold on to the ball. He had a couple of fumbles against Indy and Detroit. But they can't forget about Justin Jefferson. You can never forget about Justin Jefferson. That, to me, is the, is the first thing I'm going to be watching, Jim, when the Vikings line up. Are are the Packers going to change their philosophy and go man on on Jefferson with Jair Alexander, their Pro Bowl corner that they did not do in the first game and Jefferson torched them for whatever it was, 184 yards, nine catches, two touchdowns? I I think they've got to put Alexander on him. But if they do then they're changing their philosophy from their zone coverage schemes. And and that could really open things up for a lot of the Vikings receivers. Specifically, T.J. Hawkinson had a big game last week. And the Packers are 25th in the league covering tight ends with a 110.2 passer rating against tight ends. T.J. is coming off a record-setting game. I think he could be a big factor this week. And so could Thielen and, and Osborne. Uh, if they're if they're in man coverage. So that's the first thing I'm going to look at. <clears throat> How are they going to cover Jefferson? Are they going to have Alexander on him one-on-one? Or are they going to double cover him as they d- tried to do last time with their zones and he just killed them?
0: Let's get more into Jefferson and the season he's having. Let's first, though, thank our sponsors, starting with White Bear Lake Superstore, whitebearlakesuperstore.com.
1: Yeah, thanks, Jim. Always excited to talk about the White Bear Lake Superstore. Buick GMC, my longtime friend, the owner, Paul Rubin, and his general manager, Charlie Guttrell, and their fantastic staff, Minnesota's number one volume Buick GMC dealer, six years running with the best selection and their super friendly premium team. Check out their great website, WhiteBearLakeSuperstore.com. You will see holiday savings, $3,250 off MSRP plus 3.9% for 72 months and no payments for 90 days on all 2022 GMC Crew Cab 1500s. There's a 1.9% offer APR for five years on 2022 GMC era 1500 Crew Cabs, 3.99% APR on 2022 Buick SUV models, and 3.9% APR on GMC Terrains with a $750 purchase allowance and no Monthly payments for 90 days. Great deals at the White Bear Lake Superstore, which is also the Quigley 4x4 Van Superstore. They are a certified elite dealer. Only 7% of GM dealers make the cut. So visit in person at 3900 Highway 61 North in White Bear Lake or online at White Lake for all your vehicle needs and the premium experience.
0: Buick GMC, we are professional grade. Let's thank also our longtime sponsor, Platinum Bank. Platinum Bank, our great sponsor. Is your bank a
1: partner or simply a provider? In today's environment, businesses and individuals need a bank that can move quickly and act creatively. Platinum Bank understands the Twin Cities market, partnering with clients to overcome the challenges, capitalizing opportunities, and helping Twin Cities executives to grow their businesses. Platinum Bank's financial products are tailored to meet the unique needs of your organization and solve your problems, not create them. I am a very happy Platinum Bank client and account holder and have personally experienced tremendous customer service working with with Executive Vice President Nate Erfer and VP Drew Lynch. To learn how Platinum Bank can be an asset to your business, visit www.platinumbankmn.com. Happy New Year from Platinum Bank, providing a
0: means to your dream. Jefferson still has a chance after his big game on Sunday to set the NFL record for receiving yards. Now it'll be a 17-game season, tiny little asterisk, but still it's quite a But He still has a chance of being the first 2,000-yard receiver in NFL history. And I thought it was fascinating the touchdown catch he made late against the Giants and how at first glance it looked like just a normal route that anybody would run. And then you get into the bones of that play – The fact that Cousins had to throw it way before Jefferson was ever clear of the defenders. He had to throw it to a spot and just pray that Jefferson's going to get there. Uh, Jefferson faced press coverage off the line of scrimmage. He had another defender uh, preventing him from cutting in where he wanted to cut in, so he had to loop it around and make a sharp turn back. And then for him to get there on time and, of course, make the catch while getting hit and get in the end zone, it was just a great example of what he does and how he does it better than anybody.
1: And and in big moments, of course. Yep. So, so he's a clutch player. Cousins, we know has changed his career narrative this year with, with his eight come from behind wins. But yeah, I think I think JJ, even before that catch on that uh, on that, or after that catch on the final drive, drive leading to the field goal, made a couple of huge plays uh, when and Cousins makes a huge play against an all out blitz. And throws again to the spot, and Jefferson gets there, makes the catch, and then they run that receiver screen. He finds a way to get 17 yards, and then Greg Joseph bangs through a 61-yard field goal. Just another incredible finish in an incredible season. But yeah, Jefferson is phenomenal. He's the best, we've talked often best receiver in the league. Should be a certainly a first-team All-Pro this year, and I think he's headed to challenge Jerry Rice, Randy, Randy Moss for goat status. And he's just having a a terrific year headed for a humongous contract after the season. And as, as I've said before, the defense isn't great, but as long as you've got a superstar like Justin Jefferson in the playoffs, he's the kind of guy that you can ride and come up with a couple of huge wins and get to that NFC championship game when who knows what can happen on a game, whether it's in Philadelphia or perhaps they, if Philly gets knocked off by Dallas, they could be back here. But before that happens, they've got to hold on to that number two seed over San Francisco because I think the way the seeds are, are headed, the Vikings will either be number two or three. San Francisco will be the, either number two or three. If they win both win their first-round games as expected – The Vikings certainly want to play the 49ers and Brock Purdy here, their rookie quarterback, and not in San Francisco. So these last two games are really important. A lot's on the line for both the Vikings and Packers, and that makes it exciting.
0: And I'm warming to Jefferson as a top MVP candidate. I mean, he's obviously been in that mix all along. But now now with Jalen Hurts getting hurt, uh, you know, he's probably not going to finish the season as strongly as he might have. Uh, Mahomes, I think, is an MVP candidate every year. I think he's the best player in the league at the most important position. But Jefferson's going to do something historic here. And he's going to do something historic while winning a bunch of close games that they would not have won without him. He's the only—Cousins You know, Cousins is having a great situational year. He's not having his best statistical year. Jefferson's the only guy on this team who's having a career year, uh, and he's elevated the entire franchise. Yeah, I, I guess I, I would argue that Cousins is
1: having a career year in terms of clutchness and winning games yeah. and— the most wins of his career. And if you if you look at his passer rating, it's creeping up. He's he's up to 93 now. Now, it's not near his career high of 107 back in 2019, but he still is playing really well down the stretch, which is what has not happened in the past. So I, I would take this version of Kirk Cousins over, over check down stats Kirk any day of the week, and I'm sure the Vikings would too. And I'm sure that's why he's solidified him, his future here and should get probably a, a three or four year contract extension very early in the offseason as they try to lower that whatever it's $45 million cap number next year. But but yeah, I think, I think Jefferson, even though I, I've said Cousins should be considered an, an MVP candidate, I think Jefferson is still a notch above him in terms of importance to this team, best player on this team. MVP of this team, and I think he's a a top-five MVP candidate in the league. He's not going to win it because Mahomes will, (laughs) but I think Jefferson should be there. And as you said, if he averages, uh, what, 105 yards per game the last two games, he'll break Calvin Johnson's record. And if he averages a few more yards, he could get to 2,000 yards. Those are historic numbers, even in a 17-game season versus Johnson 16 games so he's been great he's had the best play of the year in, in the on the fourth and 18 catch in buffalo the vikings are very fortunate to have him and they'll make sure that he stays for a long time
0: and one other note on jefferson before we move on to other topics he's also uh, been a really good guy he's been a good teammate he's been you know, he, he's, he, said the, he says the right things. Uh, he's affable. He's good with the media. Now, that's the biggest thing, but it's sometimes an indication of where somebody's head is. Uh, they, are, they have a great receiver, maybe one of the best of all time, and he's not a problem in any way. That is a, such a gift.
1: It definitely is. And, and I, I, credit, I credit Justin. I credit his family. His, uh, his brothers are very close to him. And his brother Jordan, I believe, still lives with him here and and helps kind of mentor him. He's also got Patrick Peterson here, who's a great mentor for him. So Justin understands what he needs to do. He does the right things on and off the field. But if they don't get that contract done pretty soon in the offseason, I think that
0: Justin may get a little more prickly, shall we say. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't think so. – I mean, listen, <clears throat> there will be a negotiating process that's always uncomfortable for both sides because you're trying to get the, the right deal. But I just don't see it being a problem. I think they're going to – you know, I, I, don't see, I don't see it getting to a point where Justin Jefferson is going to go on some kind of national media uh, campaign that's going to make the Vikings look bad. I, I think they're going to get it done. Oh,
1: I'm sure they will. And, yeah, it's not
0: going to be a trade-me deal –
1: I'm sure that they, they'll they get it done, but it, it may take through mini camp and sure. there it may be a little hold in, shall we say, where he's showing up for meetings, but he's not on the field at OTAs, which is really not a big deal for a guy like him. But it, it will definitely be a story uh, in the off season uh, unless they do something very quickly. But there is, there is a way to structure his new contract. And we'll talk a, more, a lot more about that in the offseason. Right. They, they can structure it so his cap number is not d- that difficult to absorb in the first year with a big signing bonus spread out over a long deal. And as I said, they'll free up the cap room that they need with Cousins and a few other guys.
0: One more topic than our picks. So we will pick the Vikings Packers game last. Uh, Deshaun Watson, Russ, Russell Wilson, Derek Carr, uh, Aaron Rodgers, it it seems like every quarterback who got paid a ridiculous amount of money in the offseason, I think I'm forgetting one, too, uh, is having a terrible season. Derek Carr just got benched. Deshaun Watson's been terrible, which is what the Cleveland Browns deserve for signing that guy. Uh, Russell Wilson has been unimaginably bad. He got his coach fired. He's saying all the wrong things. Uh, Pretty remarkable. So, So, you know, I wrote about it last week. Not only has Cousins elevated his play and his stature in the league, uh, to me, going from kind of a third-tier question mark quarterback to a second-tier franchise quarterback, but he's also passed a lot of people who have just fallen apart. Kyler Murray is another one. Kyler Murray, yeah. Sean Watson, Russell Wilson, Derek Carr, these are all people you might have ranked ahead of Cousins at one point, and they have all destroyed their careers.
1: Yeah, and throw Matthew Stafford possibly into the mix too with a with a neck injury and a spinal injury that they say he'll be back from, but who knows how well he'll play. And he's had injury problems in his past. So, yeah, I, I do think that the one of the things that's the greatest asset for Kirk Cousins is he, his durability. And of course, the Vikings always want to knock on wood because you can always hit your thumb on a helmet at any time, but he's been very durable. And he's taken a, a lot of big hits this year and, and hung in there. He, he is a lot tougher then most people realize that he's able to withstand the hits that he's taken. So just another reason why I think he's very valuable to this franchise.
0: No doubt about it. All right, let's get to the picks. 49ers against the Raiders. Derek Carr will not be in the building, which is an amazing thing for a franchise quarterback who's getting paid a lot of money. Uh, 49ers need to Win enough to tie the Vikings at, by the end of the season, then they would have the tiebreaker. They would get the second seed. I mean, I think we're both going to pick the 49ers. Any thoughts on either the 49ers or either 49ers quarterback situation or the Raiders quarterback situation? Yeah.
1: The thing with, with Brock Furdy, the 49ers rookie quarterback, Mr. Irrelevant, you just wonder if he can continue to play as he's doing. Now he's got a great supporting cast, even without Debo Samuel. And he's had a great connection with George Kittle, their great tight end, and we know McCaffrey's a quality player. But is could could at some point the pass rush get to him? Because he could he throw a couple interceptions. The Raiders have some talented players like Crosby on that defensive line, Devontae Adams, who may regret going to Vegas now. <laughs> but it's just you can't pick against San Francisco with that defense they're just so good they i think they've allowed about 12 points a game over the last 4 or 5 weeks they they're just so solid defensively which is why I'm, I'm at this point i'm picking them to not only get to the super bowl but win the super bowl because they're just so good on defense and they've got uh, enough skilled people on offense So, yeah, I'll definitely pick San Francisco. I think if if Carr was playing well and it was in there, then I think they'd have a chance, but without him, no.
0: There's Lions picking this game just because it's uh, the two divisional uh, teams, both of which could be getting more dangerous by next year, but obviously disappointing season for this year. Any thoughts on this game?
1: Yeah, I, I think the Lions loss in Carolina last week was maybe one of the worst losses of the season for any team. Mm-hmm. That they go and give up 320 yards rushing and just fall apart defensively in in a game where they had a chance to to claim the number seven seed over Washington if they won that game, and now they're looking up at all these other teams. They'll still find a way to beat the Bears just because the Bears are having a dreadful season. Although Justin Fields could run wild at any time, and and he's had he's had the Bears close and. In a lot of games, but they just kind of fell apart against Buffalo last week. So, I, yeah, I'll, I'll take the Lions, but that that game last week in Carolina was terrible for Detroit.
0: It was. That was b- pathetic. And and hey, Detroit's seven and eight, but if they finish seven and ten on a losing streak, then a lot of the enthusiasm for Dan Campbell is going to wane. I will also take I will take the Lions as well, playing at home. Bills at Bengals uh, for all the close losses and problems. Pers- Problems and perceived problems Buffalo has had—they're still really good, and and Joe Burrow has the Bengals playing great. To me, this is this is the epic matchup of the weekend. It definitely is, and
1: I like Cincinnati at home in this game. I, I, I love Joe Burrow. I, I just love the poise he plays with, the confidence he plays with. He's got Jamar Chase back now. The defense is is better than people think. I think that. Kansas City and Buffalo in the AFC should be very wary of of facing Cincinnati in the playoffs again
0: Uh, no doubt about it Uh, Buffalo has now won six straight the Bengals have now won seven straight I will also take uh, Cincinnati because of Burrow and the home field advantage all right Vikings at Packers the game of the week for this market Uh, I'll go first I'm going to keep picking the Vikings to win 28-24 every week until the season's over what's your thought (laughs) That's probably a pretty good guess. (laughs) And
1: I think the key for the Vikings in this game, as I mentioned earlier, get to the fourth quarter, be in the game, and then with your history of of winning one score games late, find a way to win. And I think the the pass rush is critical this week. So Darius Smith is a guy, an ex-packer, had a very good game in the opener with a, a sack and several quarterback hits on Rodgers. You know he'll be fired up to go back to Lambeau, and he'll get, his, he'll get his defensive crew fired up. Daniil Hunter is coming on, which is a great thing for the Vikings and a great thing they've got, gotten a full season out of both of these guys, even though Zadarius Z- Z- had a, a tough time with that knee for several weeks. Dalvin Cook's another guy, <coughs> Jim, who has never played – 15 games before in his career and now he's going into game 16. I think he's a key guy in this this particular matchup to be able to run the ball in cold weather but he's got to hold on to the ball. I like the Vikings close. Greg Joseph (laughs) his five game-winning field goals perhaps it turns into number six this week so I'll say the Vikings I'll call it 27-24. I'll be one point off of you.
0: Uh, looking forward to this is gonna be a blast Uh, I can't wait to go over there and cover another game in Lambeau Uh, hey thanks to our producer Brian Burnett thank you to White Bear Lake Superstore whitebearlakesuperstore.com and Platinum Bank Uh, thank you for listening to talknorth.com again subscribe to your favorite podcast app check out the other shows we'll be back next week to head into the final week I can't believe we're saying this the final week of the NFL regular season